Welcome to another episode of the EU Roundup. Hope you are well, and as always, we'll give you a rundown of last week's most important news regarding the EU and Europe. In this week's episode, we'll take a look at recent developments regarding the EU budget, namely how Brussels might finally be able to cut funding to countries who don't respect the rule of law. We'll also give you an update on still ongoing protests in Bulgaria and Belarus. And as always, there will be a quick round of news from last week. But first, Let's take a look at the EU's reaction to recent terror attacks in Austria and France. It was an attack of hatred, hatred of our basic values, hatred of our way of life, hatred of our democracy, where all people are equal in rights and dignity. That was Austrian Chancellor Sebastian Kurz reacting to the recent shooting in Vienna. Last week, the city was the latest scene of a terror attack in Europe. A gunman kicked off a killing spree in a lively central neighborhood in the Austrian capital. The man was confirmed to be an Islamic State supporter, but it was later determined that he had acted alone. Four people fell victims to his shots and over 20 were wounded. This comes after similar attacks in France, notably in Nice and conflans saint honorine The recent events have prompted a couple of initiatives on EU level. The German presidency of the EU Council has come out with a proposal which is being reviewed by the European Parliament. It's basically an online terrorist content regulation, and it would require platforms to remove flag propaganda within an hour. The European People's Party, a major actor in the parliament, has backed the proposal. They have reached out to Council President Charles Michel in a search for more support. In their letter, they state that recent events have demonstrated the urgent need for action against terrorist propaganda on the internet. Another initiative was announced by French President Emmanuel Macron. This one might take a little longer to develop. It regards a major overhaul of the Schengen area, including a more strengthened border protection. This comes in direct relation to the terror attacks. Referring to the Schengen Agreement, Macron stated that Europe was able to collaborate well with regards to its economy, but needed to do the same about its security. Earlier in September, the Commission laid out plans for reforming the Schengen area. Their proposal focused on factors such as digitalization of the economy. Cybersecurity was the only area with regards to protection. However, the political landscape has changed recently. Macron will put forward France's proposal at December's European Council, but so far, its content hasn't been defined. His aim would be concluding a reform by the first half of 2022. This period coincides with the French EU Council presidency and also Macron's own re-election campaign. Nevertheless, the proposed reform would likely be a welcome one. Recent revelations on the Vienna attack have only made it clearer that better European-wide collaboration is needed. Austrian intelligence admitted failing to act on a warning from their Slovak counterparts that the gunman in question had tried to buy ammunition over there back in the summer. This particular detail can't help but leave a sour taste, as this tragedy could have been averted. European officials seem to have taken the issue of cross-European border security seriously. That much is at least a positive. This year has been a notable one for many reasons. One of them is the people's desire to use their democratic right to protest more and more. We already saw a wave in the US as well as in Europe. Perhaps being cooped up during the first lockdown and having more free time increased the people's collective indignation. Now let's take a look at those protests that are still ongoing here in Europe. 
Starting with the one that's been going on for the longest, we should turn to Bulgaria. For over four months, Bulgarian citizens have taken to the streets in their fight against corruption. They demand the resignation of Prime Minister Borisov and Chief Prosecutor Geshev. A snap election is also on their list of demands. Those in power have stuck to their guns, but the protesters are not looking to give up either. On the 120th day of the protests, a symbolic demonstration was made. They called it the worn shoes of two million Bulgarians. Protesters brought out old shoes and displayed them on the ground in front of the ministry. They symbolize the two million Bulgarians who have walked out on their home country over the last years in search for a better life. In the 90s, the country's population was nearly 9 million and now it is less than 7. Bulgaria also has the population that is shrinking the fastest in the entire world. And citizens have been driven to leave out of lack of opportunities and due to a corruption-ridden state. Over in Belarus, protests have been less stretched out but have notably been marred by police violence. The military itself was also mobilized at one point. Belarusians are protesting President Lukashenko, who they accuse of tampering with the elections. The man with an iron grip on power in the country since the last 26 years won again last summer. His usual tactics of locking up political opponents and suspiciously announcing winning 80% of the votes were a bit too much for the people. They have turned against him and not for the first time. Some European leaders have also denounced Lukashenko. But the EU has been careful not to insert itself too much in the conflict as Russia has a strong hold in the region. Brussels recently imposed new sanctions on Lukashenko, but he has no plans of stepping down. Meanwhile, protests are still ongoing and people are continuously getting arrested. This budget is our historic chance to rebuild and renew Europe. And I'm very glad we have this deal. But make no mistake, this deal is what we make of it. It can strengthen Europe or it can help the anti-European populists. Because for yet again, the Council failed to deliver a strong rule of law mechanism. A clear link between EU values and EU money. That was a statement by Katalin Czech in the European Parliament. She is an MEP from Hungary, but the leadership of the country does not share her views. Nevertheless, her words resume well the impact that the EU budget can have. Like she says, the deal is what we make of it. And so, the EU budget, also known by its official name as the Multi-Annual Financial Framework, is back on the agenda. The 27 heads of member states found an agreement on the 1.8 trillion euro question back in the summer. But the European Parliament is yet to greenlight the deal. The institution, which is the only one directly elected by EU citizens, has a few concerns. The most important one of those being how to make sure that the money is spent correctly. After all, this is the highest the budget has ever been. One of the buzzwords during the discussions on this topic has been the rule of law. That refers to respecting the authority and influence of law in a society. Many EU officials were worried that funds might be abused in certain countries. If you listen to this podcast regularly, you'd know the usual suspects are Hungary and Poland. The two countries ruled by Eurosceptic majorities have passed questionable reforms in the judiciary and other domains in recent times. That has prompted the EU to investigate them in terms of rule of law principles. But, in the grand scheme of the budget, it was hard to include provisions on that front. And yet, it was important not just for the European Parliament, but also for the EU in general, to make sure that funds are not abused. Luckily, there has been some positive developments recently. It comes in an accord which is not part of the EU budget, but of EU law, more broadly speaking. A preliminary agreement was found between the European Parliament and the EU Council. 
The legislation would enable Brussels to cut capital's funding if they go against rule-of-law commitments. The idea was introduced back in 2018 by the Commission and it is finally near the finish line. Although it is not explicitly referencing the EU budget, it is politically related to the issue. This is also possibly a strategy on account of European legislators. Adopting this new rule-of-law mechanism requires a qualified majority, which does not need every single member state to give its accord, whereas the EU budget requires a unanimity, meaning every single one of the 27 EU countries must be on board. That way Hungary and Poland cannot block this particular legislation. However, the two member states can still try to oppose this. They have previously threatened to block the EU budget if the rule of law mechanism did not agree with them. But so far they haven't made any moves, although some officials did react to the proposed legislation. Hungarian Justice Minister Judith Varga described the mechanism as an ideological blackmail tool. For other member states, the development is not only a welcome one, but a necessary one. The Netherlands and Sweden, for example, have stated in the past that they need rule of law guarantees, especially if their taxpayers' money would be used to finance regional development elsewhere. The EU budget needs to be approved by the Parliament soon, as its entry into force is scheduled for the 1st of January 2021. More on that in the following weeks. And now here's a quick round of news from last week. Joe Biden has won the elections in the United States of America. The entire world watched impatiently as the race turned out to be closer than expected. Donald Trump seemed to take an early lead, which is not surprising as he had previously urged his supporters not to vote by mail. However, later on when mail-in ballots were arriving and being counted, Biden began to overtake him. To the surprise of absolutely no one, Trump accused the Democrats of rigging the elections. Multiple legal cases were initiated and President Trump's tweets kept being flagged by Twitter as misleading and unfounded. In the end, Joe Biden became the new president-elect. However, during these elections, a popular American conspiracy theory has spilled over in Europe. It is called QAnon and its roots are in online forums such as 4chan or 8chan or others. The conspiracy theory alleges a vast, deep state deception to undermine President Trump. Its rhetoric is a mixture of anti-government, anti-lockdown and anti-Semitic views. And unfortunately, it has found fertile ground over here in Europe in populist and right-wing groups. Tens of thousands of social media posts and online discussions in multiple different languages have popped up in recent times. The European users seem to be following more and more into the situation over in the US, and their discontent seems to be indicative of a wave that might soon hit Europe as well. That was all for today's podcast. Thank you very much for listening. We'll be back with another episode, as always, on Tuesday at 9.30.